thank you very much, and thanks for being part of this. I've got to thank you for letting me sit up here. I grew up in a very small town, like uh, similar to a, a Lake City, so i got to shout out Prosperity. If you're here, that's where I grew up, and I'm going to die in Bluffton. So i got to shout out to my council and staff at Bluffton. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Hilton Head. And, Buford and Port Royal and all my and Hardyville and my Low Country pack. So thrilled to be here. We're going to get right to it. So we're going to start with Catherine. And from your perspective, Catherine, give us any guidance for a city or a town looking to develop their brand. Absolutely. I think, Mayor, that you really have to start and examine what you have in your own backyard and use that to your advantage. You know, South Carolina is a beautiful state. We all know that. And we all have unique advantages to where we're from and to really look around and see what you can promote. You know, you don't have to try to be the next Greenville um, or Buford. Look and see what you have, whether it's a natural amenity or a great artist community, and really find ways to promote that. That's great advice, Catherine. I think we all, from smallest to small to largest of large, can look and see what others are doing. Absolutely. And, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Find some, I told her I follow her on Instagram, so of course we copy them. Um, but great, great information. We'll move on to Eric. Um, you know, you're located on the Swamp, Swamp Rabbit Trail, which has That's been right. amazing. Um, close proximity to the Blue Ridge Mountains and assets for the cities of Traveler's Rest. So tell us how y'all have gone about developing your brand. Great. Well, we definitely knew that we had something special um, with the Swamp Rabbit Trail coming in and with uh, our wonderful cultural and natural assets in the city and close nearby. Um, so in 2003, we hired a consultant to help us with a market analysis to find out who was coming to our city, who was shopping. Uh, we quickly followed that effort up a few years later with a branding and logo effort by the same consultant. Um, after that effort, we identified some of our capital needs and what we needed to do to improve connections between our downtown area, connecting to the Swamp Rabbit Trail, planning for that uh, eventual uh, capital uh, improvement to our city and so all those efforts just came together uh, at the right time and we recognized that we needed to build the place that we wanted to sell. All right, great. Just similar similar trend going here. Find something that you like and, and build upon that. So now we're at Lake City, one of my favorite little towns. I don't know how many people find it, um, but beautiful little town. You're expanding the success of Art Fields and I think you started that in 2013. Um, just to put a little life into y'all's economy, what, what can another town or city sitting here today, what can they do to use a festival to build their brand awareness? Yeah, that's right. Artfields really was the catalyst behind a lot of our economic revitalization. Um, it brings in around 30,000 visitors over a nine-day period. You know, art and the South, and especially art and the rural South, have an interesting history. And we think we've been able to marriage um, these two together. I tell people, that, you know, the success of Art Fields, I think I can sum it up best by saying, used to if I would go out and give a 30-minute talk about Lake City. 25 of those 30 minutes was about Art Fields because we didn't have a whole lot of other things to talk about. Now if I give that same talk, I'll spend five minutes on Art Fields and then the rest on everything else we're doing. And I think that's a testament to the power of Art Fields and what a festival can do for your community. Good tidbits, little bits. They're each going to go into more detail on some of their presentations, um, but really great information. I know as a town, in our town, we found what's great, 
and we just exploit it, you know, to the ends to, to get people to buy into it. So we're going to move back to you, Catherine, and yes. look forward to what you're going to talk about. Thank you. So I'm going to kick things off. I just really wanted to give y'all kind of a peek into what we do every day in our organization. We are a standalone organization known as a DMO, a destination marketing organization. That's kind of the trendy term du jour to describe CVBs and other marketing organizations. So we are funded partly by our accommodation tax dollars as well as we also have a membership base of local businesses. Um, and they join our organization and we stay connected with them in various ways, but also find unique ways to promote their businesses. We have 54 full-time staff members, which actually is below the national average for a DMO of our size. And you can see all the different departments that that includes. Um, it takes a lot to, to do what we do every day and we have a great team. Um, and then also we operate four area visitor centers. So we have one, um, in Historic Charleston on Meeting Street that we're actually renovating right now. Then we have one in Mount Pleasant, one in North Charleston, and one on Kiowa Island. So part of what I think makes South Carolina special is our region. So hopefully you're all plugged into your regional tourism office. Um, the one exception for that is Charleston and Myrtle Beach. Our CVBs serve also as the regional office, but within wherever you're located in the state, you have a regional tourism office, and I really encourage you to plug in with them. They're doing some great things, and cohesively, we're working on a new project with the South Carolina Department of Parks, Recreation, and Tourism, where we're actually launching a statewide marketing program all around um, the Revolutionary War. So South Carolina had more battle sites than any other state, and there's something in everyone's region to talk about with that war, so um, look for more things to come on that. But definitely make sure you know your regional tourism person. Like we know yours is Peach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she is a Peach. So years ago, um, we continued to publish studies with the College of Charleston Office of Tourism Analysis. University of South Carolina has one, Coastal Carolina has one, and Clemson does. So we partner with College of Charleston, and we came up with these six pillars. And we think that everything that happens in the greater Charleston area, which for us is non-municipal governments, can fall into one of these what we call pillars. So we try not to stray from these, whether it's um, outdoors or our people or our hotels or our restaurants when we're promoting those or anything about our area we really try to focus on those six pillars whoops excuse me so a look into how we measure ourselves before we start looking at our actual marketing is um, we always stay on top of how many people we're employing we know that that is important to y'all and other facets of government. So we employ over 40,000 people in the tourism industry in the greater Charleston area. So pretty big number of folks, residents rely on their jobs within the tourism industry. Um, we're over $8 billion economic impact. That is up from the previous year. Uh, we also track our length of stay. We don't want to see more visitors come to Charleston. We want to see visitors that will stay longer and spend more money in our local businesses. Um, it really is about, I hate to say, it's about quality, not quantity. Um, and then lastly, we track our average trip expenditure. So per adult, per trip, we're over $850. 
Air service has played a vital role in our access to new visitors. So as you can see, um, we've expanded to 28 cities. I think a lot of us remember when um, out of Charleston or even Columbia or Greenville, you could only get to Atlanta, Charlotte, on a good day, maybe New York. Um, and we have a local effort that's really gone out proactively and sought out these other direct flights, but also to bring in those lower cost carriers that are willing to go these other places. And that really started about nine years ago with Southwest and then JetBlue followed, and now we have Allegiant and Frontier. Some of this service is seasonal, and that's okay too, um, but that has certainly played a big part into our next slide, which is where um, the majority of our visitors come from. So these are our top 10 states of origin, and it really overlays pretty closely with those nonstop cities. I would say the only one on here that continues to surprise me is California. And we see that a lot of those come from our conference and convention attendees. Um, and I'll be very honest, we would love a nonstop to LA. <laughs> if we could see that in the next few years, that would be great, um, but very interesting to us. One other key factor I want to touch on, it's a great measurement for anyone, maybe I'm pointing the wrong way, is your average daily rate. So if you're looking at this and saying, um, I've never booked a room at Charleston Place for $148 a night, guess what, we haven't either. Um, this is an average <laughs> of our entire county of, taken over the whole year. And you can see how we measure up against our comp cities. So these are the cities we're constantly measuring ourselves against. The only other city not on here that I find interesting that actually does have a higher ADR than us, and they're definitely having a moment, is Nashville. Um, a lot going on in that city. So there's a lot of voices out there in this world when it comes to marketing. You know, we're always looking at our phones, we're on our computers, we're on our iPads, we're streaming. Even if you've cut the cable, the cord, you're still watching something. And so you're constantly bombarded. And one thing I can tell you that we spend um, a fair bit about of money on is our photography and our videography because you can use it so many places. So when you think, oh my gosh, I don't want to invest that, in your photography, I really think that you should reconsider. As the mayor said, she enjoys our Instagram and we put a lot of effort, but we have to photograph the whole area. So if you notice, it wasn't just downtown Charleston when we were showing those images earlier. We have to keep a nice photography and videography bank of everywhere that makes up the Charleston area. So we still believe in the power of print media. Um, these are just a few. Did that one go? Not that guy. Sorry, y'all. There we go. These are just a few of the titles that we advertise in. Um, we do do regional buys within the Western North Carolina Magazine and AAA. The majority of our other buys are on a national level. And I'm going to figure out how to work this thing. There we go. So when it comes to our how we pick these magazines, every single magazine produces an annual report where you can dive into their readership. So for us, we really look at that household income, um, which this is travel and leisure, so this is all public information. Any magazine worth its weight in gold, you can find this on their website. So I encourage you to figure out what is um, attainable and always go for that highest visitor you think you can get. 
but they'll tell you what their readership is. So we keep our costs down on this because we employ a graphic designer who makes all of our ads in-house. So for us, that gives us really great flexibility when we can examine the reader profile and we can say, okay, well, this really is attractive to a reader of maybe food and wine, but this topic or this scenery might be attractive to a travel and leisure reader. But it's also hard to tell your story in one page. So we try to feature as much as we can, again, through our photography. Um, this is an example of two different ads from the same photo shoot. So don't go in, if you're paying for a photo shoot, don't think you're just going to get one money shot. Really try to get as much use of that photography. And all these images you're seeing, we use on Facebook, on Instagram, on our website. So it's, it's, don't make it just a one-hit wonder. And going into digital... So lots and lots to talk about social media these days. Um, we, of course, are on all of these channels. So these are, um, we post organically, and then we also do paid posts. So just in tracking our organic post alone, I do, we have a full-time social media manager. Um, she keeps a six-month editorial calendar. This is a real email that I got from her last Monday. This gives you a snapshot of how we measure what our social media is doing. And we track this every single week. We want to know if a post is driving visitor guide requests, is it driving clicks out to our partners, to their Instagram, to their website. Um, and we will pivot. We know that for our Charleston, I would love to know what you think. On our Instagram, the lowest performing posts are a plate of food which is weird because I take pictures of food all the time and post it for me. But on our channel, it doesn't perform well. What performs better is a picture of an exterior of a restaurant um, or the chef. So little things like that we pick up on and really try to pivot when we need to. <laughs> um, we're also heavily on Google Ad Display Network, which is a constant battle because you're paying Google to fight Google on what they're putting up there. But if you haven't Googled your municipality lately, I encourage you to do that because Google is now creating destination information for you and superseding you. So visitors are unfortunately bypassing us sometimes and going straight to Google. And I don't really want them to do that because they're in California. They don't really know what's going on in South Carolina. So just be mindful. Um, you can never outspend Google on their own channel, but definitely be aware of what's going on out there. Um, we maintain over six websites. This is our leisure site, explorecharleston.com, where we send the bulk of our traffic. Uh, we also have a meetings website, meetcharleston.com, perfect for a municipal association to log on and get any help they need. We love our beaches, and we um, always shock when someone doesn't know that we have five beautiful beach towns, or, or they think we're Charlotte. We get that all the time, believe it or not. Um, then our weddings, obviously, Charleston, as well as a lot of places in South Carolina have become popular wedding destinations. And then we've made a really concerted effort the past few years to work with travel agents. There's been a huge resurgence in travel agents, and I will tell you their visitors are looking for something unique to do, and that doesn't mean they want to go to Charleston. They want to get off the beaten path and see something else. So don't count out travel agents. Um, we also know that what makes Charleston rise to the top in these annual awards is our people. 
much again like the rest of South Carolina. So we have used videography to really capture on that. Um, each year, for the past four years, we have highlighted four different locals and what they love to do about Charleston. So I'm going to show you two quick 30-second videos. They're both culinary-themed, but they're totally different and geared for a to totally different audience. And think about these. You don't have to just put these on a website. We use these on Instagram, Facebook, and push them out um, as many times as we can. Oh, you're welcome. Lunch is next. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm about rounding up out of time, so I'm going to quickly go through. We took those videos and we've parlayed them into our partnership with, can I get past that? There we go, with Garden and Gun. So if you have a media partner, large or small, they're always looking for you to feed them content too. So if you have photography, videography, stories um, like Femi, who I actually worked for Chef Bob for eight years before he got to open his own wine shop. Share those with the media, even if it's in a paid fashion. <coughs> Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Very informative. <laughs> Seth is going to be next, but all of everyone's going to be here for a few minutes after. So if y'all have questions or follow-up questions, please grab them at the front. So Seth, we're going to turn it to you. Thank you. I'm dealing with a cold, and my 49ers lost the Super Bowl, so it's been a rough few days, so bear with me here. Um, I'll give you a brief backstory. You see Lake City in the logo on the slide. I moved to Lake City in 2014 to open the Inn at the Crossroads, which is our luxury boutique hotel. Um, I was the director of sales there, and two years into that stint, the Greater Lake City Community Development Office approached me, and they said, you know, we've done such a fantastic job branding the hotel, we need to now brand the city. Can you help us with that? And I said, well, I don't know how to do that, but you know, we'll give it a go. So I called some tourism friends in Charleston, Florence, and Greenville and said, you know, we need to do lunch. I think we're going to create a convention and visitor bureau. And so that's what we did. Um, I noticed one thing this morning in this program, there was a quote in here that says, Branding your city isn't just designing a logo or creating a catchy tagline. The logo that you're looking at, it, it had existed before. There was no Visit Lake City that we created, but you know, we had some consulting firm come in and come up with that logo. We just never done anything with it. So we took the logo and then brought this Visit Lake City concept um, to life. We mentioned Art Fields. Um, 
that was really the catalyst that got a lot of this, this going. It's a nine-day art festival that we house every spring. The unique thing about Artfields is we take all of the mom-and-pop stores in our downtown area, a mattress store, um, a barbershop, and we place the art in those businesses. So if you come to visit Artfields, you have to go into the stores uh, to view the art. A lot of the retailers say that the nine days at Artfields is better uh, retail sales than the holiday season. Catherine mentioned, um, you know, use what you have. I totally agree with that. We have murals throughout town, public art throughout town. Well, they were already there, but if you don't know about them, if you're not marketing them and branding them, what good does it do? So we created a public art map. Um, you know, people are always coming to Lake City. Well, what can we go do today? What can we see today? Well, this is something free to do. We're using what we already had. You can do it anytime. Um, it doesn't close. So a great thing we added last year is, is the public art and mural tour. Come on. In the spirit of economic development, so we had a lot of buildings downtown that needed a lot of help. And uh, I should say Visit Lake City is privately funded um, 100%, which makes us very unique. Um, the Greater Lake City Community Development Office, we, we created a facade program. And we took, and I'll scroll through these, you'll see some before and after as, as I scroll through and talk, but we, we take four to five businesses a year and we go to those business owners and offer to give them a facelift on the front of their building. In return, you need to give us 40 hours a week or more business hours, right? Why are you closed on a Wednesday at two? Uh, why are you not open on Saturday? Um, so we'll, we'll do this for you, but we need something back to help drive economic development. Uh, another thing that we do is a workforce development program. You know, we started doing all this marketing with Visit Lake City, and tourists would come in and say, I read about you guys in Southern Living or Garden and Gun, and they get there on a Monday, and people are closed. And, well, most of these business owners that are mom and pop, they don't have employees because 95% of the time they work themselves, right? Well, we had a retailer downtown who had a death in the family, so clearly they needed to close for a week. We created a workforce development program where we train um, the workforce. We let these ind independent businesses hire them up to 16 hours a week. So there's your two off days, right? Pay the, the business owners pay them $12 an hour, and the Greater Lake City Community Re Development Office reimburses the business owners $8 of that. So the business owners are only out $4 an hour. That's a big deal. Um, the first year... The first year, I think we spent $9,000 doing that. You know, some of the business owners, they were like, is this real? Are y'all trying to get in our business? What are you doing? Um, no, we just want you open on a Tuesday at noon. Um, the second year, that went up to $18,000 a year that we spent. But, you know, by doing that, now these businesses are open. They can have more sales, which then brings back more money to, to the city. Um, so it's been a great program, and we want to we keep that going. Uh, I'll just keep scrolling through some of the facades. But it's really incredible, uh, some of these before and after pictures. There's a, um, the last slide on this, if this will work. There we go, let's go back. Um, this is Fry's Meat Market. This is a business that had been in existence for 20 years or so. They contacted us and said, we want to move downtown and be part of the action, part of what's going on. So we offered to give that building a facelift, to say the least, and then they brought their, their business downtown to be a part of the action.
some overall footage, our video, our pictures of Lake City, and, and I'll end, you know, everything that I've just said, then I'll play a video for you guys. We created Visit Lake City three years ago, and all of this that we've done in the last three years has led to those two awards you see. In 2018, we won USA Today, number one small town in America for our cultural scene. And in 2019, this is my favorite, and I'm glad you are sitting down so you don't faint, is Travel and Leisure named the top places to travel in May of 2019. They named London, <laughs> Stockholm, Monaco, Savannah, Lake City, South Carolina. <laughs> <clears throat> And we'll end with just a quick, it's just a two-minute uh, promo video of Lake City. Thank you, Seth. This is from a town of 7,000. So, you know, some of the smaller towns here have to be thinking, well, I can't do this. But a song and an Apple phone, you know, and just have something to play off on and just keep putting it out and keep putting it out and use these guys' hashtags so they can, um, they can help promote. So thank you very much. You're up. Traveler's Rest. Thank you, Mayor. Okay, I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about the Traveler's Rest story. Uh, Charlie, how are we doing on time? Good. So the way I see it, I'm everybody's best friend right now because I'm the last thing between you and lunch, so I'm going to try <laughs> to keep that relationship. Um, so Traveler's Rest is truly a remarkable story. Um, I grew up in Greenville area, so I've seen where Traveler's Rest was firsthand and where we are today. Um, and so I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about our transformation um, and how we got there. Um, so can everybody still hear me? Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. great. So just a quick snapshot of Traveler's Rest. Um, we're located in the upstate of South Carolina. Uh, you can see here in the northern part of Greenville County. Uh, we're blessed to be in a growing 
county and a growing region, uh, and we are experiencing the benefits of that growth. Um, our city um, basically is about one square mile. The original, mostly the original creation uh, of the city has not changed too much since, the, since it was created uh, in the 1800s. However, uh, we have capitalized on that growth and um, we're planning for that growth. Um, we have roughly about 7,900, uh, a population of 7,900 and about 2,400 households in the city. Um, So I think it's very important for everyone that's embarking on any type of um, branding, uh, marketing campaign to understand your history. Uh, so you can identify those special places that we had mentioned earlier that I think is critical to know what that is so you can have something to sell. Identify those special places, anything special in your history that you would like to identify and, and market yourselves because usually when you bring on a, a, a branding or a, a professional to help you with this exercise, the first thing they're going to do is go and look at your history and, and be, be able to identify those things throughout that you can celebrate. So just real briefly, um, you know, Traveler's Rest is what it always was for the most part. We have always been um, a destination or a stopover resting place for travelers, whether it was uh, cattle drivers coming down from Tennessee on their way to bringing their cattle to the coast, or the other way, we had a lot of visitors in the 1800s, uh, people that lived in the hot, humid coast, and they wanted to come up and get a little relief in the summertime from the mountains. And so we experienced a lot of those vacationers stopping over in Traveler's Rest as well. Um, unlike, I mean, like a lot of upstate communities, we had a mill that was the foundation of our economy uh, moving through the 1900s. And when that mill closed down, we ended up um, you know, having a period of time, just like a lot of cities struggle with, where we didn't have an identity anymore. Our, our mill had closed, um, and we were trying to find ourselves again. Um, and then, luckily, um, you know, the railway, the railway that came from Greenville and to, through Traveler's Rest points north, uh, basically was abandoned. Uh, that was the Greenville Northern Railway, railway, uh, aka known as the Swamp Rabbit Railway. Um, that abandonment of that railway uh, was a blessing uh, to many in our region and our city because we were able to capitalize on that and turn it into a 22-mile uh, regional greenway system connecting us with all of the points of interest throughout the upstate of South Carolina and Greenville County, City of Greenville, Furman University, um, and points uh, north and south of the city now. Um, we recognized that early on, the potential, our leadership and our uh, community had a vision, and they knew that this could be a game changer for us. And so we were the first uh, section of the Swamp Rabbit Trail. It came right through our downtown. Um, we uh, recognized that if we wanted to uh, be the place, we needed to build the place, and we needed to invest in our placemaking. We needed to invest in the connections to get people from point A to point B and that quality of life um, that we wanted to build. And so we invested in our downtown, and we invested in our streetscaping and those connection points, and it all came together around 2009 when the Swamp Rabbit Trail was, was laid down. And I'm going to show you a little video next. It just kind of tells our story a little bit and shows you what we've become since that point in time and the transformation that highlights our transformation.
So in 2009, the Swamp Rabbit Trail opened, um, and I mentioned that parallels our main street, and so we, we wanted to make sure that we had a pleasant environment for pedestrians and shop owners, and we were lucky blessed to have um, truly a pioneer. It was highlighted in the video, uh, a retail pioneer um, that was Sunrift Adventures. Many of you may know there. It was there before really anything started taking off. And that one retail store um, was pretty instrumental in our, in our reemergence. Um, it was such a cool destination for people stopping and, and buying or renting kayaks, going on to uh, their outdoor adventures. So we capitalized, that, um, capitalized on that uh, in many ways, and it informed our branding efforts in a lot of different ways, capturing that outdoor component, um, the health-conscious traveler, health-conscious visitor, um, and as well as the Swamp Rabbit Trail appealing to a health-conscious user as well. Um, but this, as I mentioned, Furman University, many people don't know, is in the city limits of Traveler's Rest. And so we like to celebrate that as well. Uh, many people relocate to our area to take advantage of those many programs that Furman has for um, senior adults as well as young, younger students. Um, so a study in 2015, and this was for the entire Swamp Rabbit, showed that it had a roughly $20 million impact um, to the local economy. Um, so the Swamp Rabbit Trail, and since that time, uh, that impact has been felt greater and greater. And so in 2007, um, the city engaged in our branding and um, advertising campaign to help us, uh, number one, reaffirm what we already knew, who we knew we were, but everybody kind of intuitively knew what we were doing and kind of where we were going, but this helped us kind of formalize it. Uh, one of the important things that came out of this, um, again, was letting this be publicly available for shop owners to put it on cups and to sell it out of their stores. And so these taglines were created, um, our branding and logo was created, and we encouraged uh, people in the community to freely use this um, to put on their uh, merchandise. Part of that effort was an ad campaign uh, building off of It Starts With TR. Um, I think it's important to recognize that TR was not always accepted universally <laughs> in our community as who we were. The abbreviation TR, you ask half the residents and probably people would say, is we're Traveler's Rest. And the other half of the residents, they accepted the fact that we were TR. And so the first thing our consultants convinced us to do was to own who we were and to make sure that, you know, if people naturally want to say you're TR, let's capitalize on TR and let's work it into our, our advertising and our, and our brand. And so that's what we did. And so it starts with TR, tagline and ad campaign was born. Um, and so these are still um, relevant and used to this day. Go. Another piece of all of this was, again, creating that place that people wanted to come and visit and to stay not only a day, but for a weekend. And so that was our challenge. You know, we could sell it. We knew we could sell it, but we wanted to create um, special places. And so, again, everybody got together and said, let's partner with the school district. There was a piece of land. It was an old, old high school, the old Traveler's Rest High School. The city and county purchased that property and we developed the park. And now that houses our municipal complex as well. 
But that park um, was, which we named Trailblazer Park, uh, we, we, we built an amphitheater and we uh, started programming that amphitheater. And again, if we can do this, everybody in this room can do this because we're doing it um, on a relatively small budget. And that has really begun to provide a reason for people to come to Travelers Rest on a Saturday night. We program it with free uh, music concerts. Uh, the farmer's market is there. They have music associated with the farmer's market. So we're giving people more and more reasons to come. And so in 2018, you know, we kind of paused. We celebrated our successes. We kind of took another look at our marketing efforts and who we were, and we started um, another expanded marketing campaign, hiring an outside consultant to actually help us with marketing. We have one person uh, that helps us, in addition to myself, helps us with marketing and event coordination uh, for the entire city. So we started looking at some other events that we could bring to our downtown, whether it's just a small shopping weekend, something we could highlight, partner with our, partner with our merchants, um, and start to create a buzz about what you could do when you got to Traveler's Rest. Um, we also, as a part of this effort, we had a public outreach campaign and created a downtown master plan so that we could take a closer look at our, our downtown and what we wanted to become. This was unheard of in the amount of response, and this is something that is um, uh, really something to brag about. We had 2,300 online responses to our survey, um, and you know that was over half, at the time, uh, a quarter of our population. So that's something that um, we got a lot of great feedback. Uh, we asked uh, some questions about you know, our strengths and our opportunities and our challenges, and so we used that to inform who we, who we wanted to be moving forward. Uh, again, we identified those uh, strengths, put those in writing, we identified those challenges, and then we started ticking those things off the list. Um, we, we had to address our website. We had to address some of the things that we were not doing, some of that low-hanging fruit, if you will, that we could do to uh, begin to be more effective at, at telling our story. Uh, so we, and some of the results are a new city website, and we did something unique here. We combined a visitor's website into the city website. So about 70% of the website is visitor tourism destination marketing, uh, telling our residents and not and visitors, you know, what, where they can go, what they can do to have fun. The rest of it is the boring governmental departmental uh, stuff that everybody needs to know about. But the, the, the fun part about it was uh, building that destination marketing piece of our new website. So we're very proud of that. Uh, this is just a sample page from that website about telling people what is there to do in town, what is there to do in our region. Uh, we decided we had to get along with the wave and, and get involved in social media. We didn't have a choice in that matter, and we felt that, so, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. So we launched a social media campaign, um, and we started actively putting things out there on Facebook, Instagram, and that has also assisted us in our efforts. Um, some of the print digital uh, that we're doing, uh, we, we do a lot of this in-house. Um, our events marketing person is very creative and very um, 
skilled at graphic design, and so we're lucky, and she can put a lot of this material together for us. Uh, we take advantage of free publications as well, and any type of lifestyle article, you know, if they'll call us, we're like, yeah, please go ahead and write something about our city. We love it. Um, so we take advantage of free uh, publications as well. Just to give you a flavor of some of the things that, you know, as part of our overall effort, you know, we recognize that events are important. And so, you know, some of the things we expanded just this past year was just creating some things on certain weekends or certain weeks throughout the year that would um, partner with our merchants and give people a reason to come down and shop. Uh, another thing we did was improve communication with our merchants, and that's critical so that we can understand it doesn't do anybody any good if all of our efforts and if we're spending accommodation tax money to bring people to our city and our merchants are not feeling the benefit. And so we meet with them on a regular basis and we kind of get feedback to find out if the efforts that we're working towards are actually make, making a difference and a meaningful difference to our merchants. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. We, we went a little long and while the president walks up, no one left the room. So I think they were all excited. I saw cameras taking pictures. Did Who found a tidbit they can take back to their town? Raise your hands high. Great. Thank you all. Use your neighbor. South Carolina, from the longest point, is just a little over five hours from Bluffton to Clemson, my favorite track. Um, Find these towns, find a neighbor you can help um, if they need help. And I, again, thank y'all for coming. And back to you, boss.